Thank you for tuning in tonight. I last time promised you that I would give you a little exercise or something cool to do and I didn't deliver and so I'm going to start with that today because I think that is so important and it's a really great tool. So here we go. What you'll want to do is find a little note card. Uh, the one that about the size of a postcard or a thank you card you would send in the mail. Just a little note card, a white one that you can write on both sides of. Now you'll want this to be blank, just totally white or colored if you have colored ones, um, but no lines of any kind. It's very important. So what you'll want to do is on one side of the note card, you're going to begin by writing any negative thoughts that are in your mind. And so you can write everything on there that's going through your mind. And I'll be honest, the first time that I did this, oh man, it was a lot. I think I spent close to an hour just getting all of the horrible, horrible things out. Now here's the thing. It's going to be really difficult to fit all of that onto the front of the note card. So that's okay. What you want to do is just keep writing over the top of it. And you can write the same word over and over again if that keeps coming back to you. Or you can write other words. You can write what you're afraid of. You can write who you're angry with. You can write all of the negative things that you tell yourself. You can write anything that's been in your mind. You want to drain it onto the front side of that note card and just keep scribbling and scribbling and writing and writing and turn it around in circles, write in different directions, pile the words all on top of each other, big and small, medium, any size, style, anything that you want. Just write and write and write until you can't think of anything else negative to say about yourself or your future. So just keep writing. It might take a while and that's okay. Now then, once you are done with the front side and you've gotten all of the negative things out, you'll know when you're done. There'll be that moment and you'll feel it and you'll be done. And then you want to take that note card and flip it over. And on the other side, think of the one thing that you want to be through all of that. So maybe it's tranquil, maybe it's peaceful, maybe it's kind, maybe it's forgiving. Whatever it is that you just put onto that card that was so emotional, all of those negative thoughts, emotions, feelings, words, things that people have said, anything at all that came to your mind that you felt that you needed to get out on the front of that card. On the back of the card, I want you to think of one word, one word that gives you power through all of that. And I want you to write that word over and over and over again until you fill the card. 
However, this time, instead of piling that on top of each other, unless you have a beautiful pattern you're thinking of, just write it clearly, maybe in one direction, maybe swirl it into a design, maybe spin it around the card and keep writing in a circle or a square. But I want you to just continue to write that one word over and over and over again until you'll, you are ready to stop and you'll know exactly when that is. And so you can do this during my reading today. I'm going to structure things a little bit differently and I hope you enjoy it. So let us begin. Argentina, 26 years old. I'm so angry with him, I don't know what to do with myself. None of this was supposed to happen. I told him when we met that I never wanted to marry again. That was the stipulation to our dating. And then when we got to Thailand, he couldn't resist. We were only three weeks into our open-ended world trip and he was down on one knee in the moonlit low tide proposing. Well, I said yes because no would have meant the end of everything. And I had given up almost all of my possessions and worked incredibly hard for this trip. To say no would have meant that we would part and then I would have to travel the world on my own. And I was too filled with fear to do that. It was easier to say yes and then deal with it later. And now was later. And I was dealing with it. He took me to the same places that they had gone years before. She wanted the proposal. And he never gave it. Eventually, they parted and she married someone else. So several years later, when we decided to travel, Thailand was on the top of my list and he thought it would be an easy trip. He took me to the same hostel with the mirrors on the ceilings and the round bed. He took me to the same island and the same beach where they had been before. It was the same time of year and I didn't know it at the time. We were in Argentina when it came into the open. And it was the catalyst for my anger. Bangkok was exciting, and we walked up and down the street trying fried chicken and pineapple skewers. I insisted on going to the weekend market, one of the largest in the world, and was elated to spend the day browsing the trinkets. We had pad thai with prawns, and they served them as massive beasts. Eyeballs still intact. There was a picture of lanterns adorning the cover of our travel guidebook, and I wanted to go to the festival. I was taking place in northern Thailand soon, but he wanted to head to the islands instead. Ultimately, he was the guide, and so I swore one day I would return to the festival without him. He met a strange man on the boat over to Koyal, he met a strange man on the boat over to Koh Peng Nang, who invited us to stay at his bungalows. They'd been smoking cigarettes on the deck together, 
and while I hid from the intense sun inside. We took the taxi to the man's place, and the downpour started just as he turned the music on. I realized that we were the only ones around. The man opened his suitcase, and a plethora of condoms came flying out. (laughs) He said he just got back from vacation, and that his wife was somewhere nearby and would return soon. He was having a great time, but any time he turned his back to me, any time my partner turned his back to me, the man gave me googly eyes and dry humped in my direction. I let him know that we would be leaving as soon as the rain stopped. And the rain never stopped, and when the man took a step in my direction with his hands reaching out towards me, I promptly put my backpack on and walked out into the rain. He had to grab his bag and catch up. I explained while we walked and walked and walked. It was several miles until we got to the next village and found a place to dry off. It was his 28th birthday, and so we splurged and settled in one of the front row luxury huts for a few nights. After a few days, we moved around the village from hut to hut, being eaten by mosquitoes. At one point, he had to wrap my hands with tape to keep me from scratching my legs off. We hadn't realized when we took the little bungalow at the end of a quiet row that a stagnant swamp was nearby. It only took one night for me to be covered from head to toe. We moved to another hut and I recovered by staying in the room under a mosquito net reading for a few days. I found a great deal on a 10-day all-inclusive yoga retreat just up the hill and we agreed it was something we both wanted to try. The first few days were blissful. Yoga at 6 a.m. on a deck that overlooked a river in the jungle, breakfast with everyone, an open class on sutras, an hour of Pilates, and then everyone went to lunch, followed by free time and a 6 p.m. yoga session. Evenings were usually spent chatting with the other travelers and sitting in the sweat lodge relaxing. The owners based their practice on an intense regimen and pushed us to our limits. The man promised there was nothing wrong with our there was nothing our body couldn't do if we just kept going. And one day on one <laughs> on day one, I couldn't do On day one, I couldn't touch my toes. By day three, I could rest my chest fully on my thighs and do a headstand, something I never had the flexibility or strength to do. By day five, he had decided he didn't like the male owner and that he couldn't stay anymore. I was determined to finish my 10-day practice, so we split up. He moved down to a secluded spot on the beach, and I stayed at the retreat on the hill, honestly happy for the break. It was on the night of the full moon that I decided to go down and visit him. I walked all afternoon in the hot sun and soon realized that the spot was much further than I had anticipated. I didn't mind much, but the heat stroke started to set in. I was exhausted by the time I reached him, 
and went into the bungalow to lie down. He had rented one for $3 a night that was a bit difficult to get to, and the bed was literally a board with a sheet. It was on the secluded beach and had a full glass sliding door as the front wall and a deck with a hammock. You had to cross a creek to get there, and we thought it was funny. I had bought pool floaters to sleep on as air mattresses. That night, when the moon was high and the tide was far out, he came and pulled me outside. We walked out among the coral, and I was fully engrossed in the beauty of it all when I turned around to find him down on one knee. The first thought through my mind was, oh shit. But I said yes, because in the moment, just about any girl would have said yes. And that's what I thought to myself. We had been through quite a bit, and overall he was an amazing guy and we made a great team. So I said yes, and we made love on the pool floater in the little beach bungalow. I had been practicing yoga at the retreat for over a week, and my body was in the best shape I'd ever experienced. The sex was incredible, and all seemed to be well with the world until the next day, when I woke up feeling really sick. I was fatigued and nauseous, but what was worse was that my back was red and swollen and covered in tiny little white bumps. By mid-afternoon, the tiny little white bumps had turned into hundreds of little pimples, and the sheets from the night before were rough and dirty. He took soap and a scrub brush, and I had to put a towel into my mouth to keep the world from hearing me scream as he scrubbed the skin off my back. We treated it with some local ointment, and I was restricted to the tiny porch of our hut for a few days while I healed enough to be able to put on the trekking backpack again. When my jaw locked up after the dentist appointment in Bangkok, I made the most of it and spent another three days on my back reading a book with my feet propped up. We'd been eating jasmine brown rice with every meal, and my digestive system couldn't take it. Between the rice and the heat and the extra salt and everything, my legs and feet had swollen so badly that my toes felt like they were going to pop. I just considered it part of the travel woes and drank my prune juice with a smile on my face. Mostly we argued about where to go next and finally settled on Egypt. It was the cheapest flight we'd finally agreed that we wanted to start making our way to South America. Once there, we would stay at a wolfing farm and work our way from Patagonia back to the United States, ideally taking a couple of years to do so. We'd spend a road trip listening to Tim Ferriss and were convinced that some way, somehow, we could figure things out. I've always blamed it on the food poisoning in the past, or the travel, or the fatigue. It was never any of those. It was always me. It was always my choice, my mistake, my dream. 